Well, how y'all doing this morning? Amen, amen, amen. Well, we're grateful that you are uh, worshiping with us this morning, and uh, this morning we had a little technical difficulty, but we're going we're gonna to work on that. But uh, it is uh, uh, time for a new sermon series that we're starting here at Grace Church entitled Peeled. Everyone shout Peeled. peeled. Everybody shout Peeled. Amen. So we're excited for this new sermon series that we're getting ready to start uh, this morning, and so we're we're ecstatic about it. Well, um, I don't know about you, but uh, my wife and I we uh, go grocery shopping every week, and uh, normally before we walk in the store, we normally have a list of what we want to buy. And whenever a person shops with me, one thing you will learn is that whenever you go to the grocery store with me, uh, let's, we're going to go in the order of the list, not, uh, not, not, not just the order of the store. We're going to go in the order of the list. And so uh, sometimes the first thing we like to do is we like to go to the fruit section when we first go to the grocery store. And, and when we go to the fruit section, my wife loves uh, these little fruits, uh, things that are called clementines. And um, these are just, I call them midget oranges. That's what they're called. And so uh, my wife loves these, uh, loves these things. And so we go to the grocery store. So my wife, whenever she goes to the grocery store, she always wants me to get clementine and she always wants me to get uh, uh, apples. These are the two things she normally wants me to go get. So I know what an apple looks like. So I normally go and I get the apples that she wants. And so uh, unless they're organic, I normally get those, but they're more expensive. Y'all know that. But, but, but so, 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 so I, I normally go to the grocery store. So one time she went without me and, uh, uh, and got everything that she needed. And so she did such a wonderful job. I said, you know what? I'm going to go without you. So I'm going, I'm going to go to the grocery store. And so when I went to the grocery store, I went by myself and I began to pick up everything so fast. I picked up all the fruit. Uh, I got all the apples. And then I saw something that looked orange and I picked that. I, was, I, was, I, I just got excited because I said, I'm going to go home and I'm going to show my wife I know how to grocery shop without her. I know how to do this. And so, so, so I tried to do all of that and I got home and I said, I'm hungry. So, so I got one uh, of the fruit and, 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 and the outside, it looked like a clementine. But when I opened it up on the inside and, and tasted it, it was not a clementine. Even though the outside was a similar color, it, it's not the same fruit. One of them was sweet and the other one was really tart. So, so, so the next time I went back to the grocery store and I asked one of their staff members to point me to the clementines, uh, once we found them, I, I told her what happened. And she said it happens all the time. And she said, if you don't read the labels, it can fool you. And sometimes the only way you can find out if it's the correct fruit is by peeling it. This Sunday and for the next eight weeks, we're going to dive into the fruit of the Spirit. And Jesus assures us that we will be known by the fruit we bear. So my question to you today is what type of fruit are you producing? Galatians 5, 7, um, 5, uh, 22 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so this morning, we're going to uh, look at one of the uh, fruit of the Spirit, which is love. Everybody shout love. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go uh, to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Uh, it is the one that's in the back of the Bible. So you want to go that way. And so 1 John chapter 4, uh, starting here at verse 7. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. 
and it reads as this. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God shows us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us so much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time to gather into your word. Father, we ask God that you speak to us. God, ask God for a fresh anointing, God, that you will speak in this place. God, ask God that you move by your power and by your glory, that when we leave this place, we will leave different. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody shout amen. amen. I want to tag this text with this subject. Everybody shout love beams. Everybody shout love beams. You know, in, in our text this morning, we read of the Apostle John writing about having fellowship with God. We, as believers in Jesus Christ, having fellowship with him. And as we understand here, John writes that we are able to have fellowship with God because of God's love for us by sending his son to die for us in our place. The apostle John didn't just end it there, but he expresses that because we have received God's love, we must love others. So so what is love? We as humans have always struggled to define love and constantly trying to redefine love. But God's definition is clear and never changes. It says here that love is patient. Love is kind. Love, it does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. So, so, so as, as a child going through elementary school and then going to middle school in my English class, uh, we had to learn something called nouns and verbs. How many of y'all had to learn that in school? How many of y'all learned that in school? Okay, if you didn't, you need to go back, okay? Uh, 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 we had to learn nouns and verbs, and, and, and then we learned that nouns is a person, place, or thing. And a verb is an action or a doing word. When we're going to school, we always have to have a sheet of paper with all these sentences, and we had to identify the noun and the verb. The Apostle John is our teacher this morning, and he's our English teacher, and he is encouraging us to look at the text. And as we look at this word love, we see that it is an action word, but he also lets us know that love is also a person. Now, I told you that now is a person, place, or thing, and a verb is an action or a doing word. So, so, what I'm, so what are you saying, Pastor Rodney? I'm glad you asked. Love is not only an action word, but love is also who God is. God's love was displayed while Jesus hung on the cross. And, and as we look at the cross here, we see that there is a vertical beam and there is a horizontal beam. The, the, the vertical beam represents God's love for the world. 
God's love for us, but then the horizontal beam recognizes or reveals to us God's love that's commissioned us to love one another. It is that love that God loves us so much that he wants us to love one another. As you look at this cross here, you cannot have one beam without the other. The vertical beam supports the horizontal beam, and the horizontal beam cannot stay afloat without the vertical. So, so, so you may say, Pastor Roddy, what do you want to show us today? The first thing I want to show you, point one, point one, is that there is a vertical love beam. Everybody shout vertical love beam. I grew up learning that love isn't just a feeling, it is an action. Wow, love can produce emotion. Love is an action word, but at the core, love is a person. If we reproduce love to mere actions, I mean, if we uh, reduce love to mere actions, we will miss the source of love. Making love only as a verb is only having a cup without water. Just because you can talk without really love, excuse me, you can talk without really loving someone, and that shows us that you can do it without really being connected to the source. Verse John 14, uh, 6 says that we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in him, and he abides in you. The text isn't just saying that God is loving and God loves or God extends his love. The text shows us that he surpasses that and says that God is love. Let me say that one more time. I say the text doesn't just say that God is loving, God loves, and God extends love. He's saying the very essence of who God is, he is love. Now, now let me shine some light to the text when we say God is love, we're not saying that we are not saying that's everything about God. God in his essence is the very character of love. And, and we see here that, that we should not limit this just to his holiness and his righteousness and perfect justice. It goes beyond that and shows us it's because of his love that he is holy, he is righteous, and he is just. Everything that God does in one way or another expresses his love. As the father of Rodney L. Carter III, it is my job as his father to love him. But it's also my job that when he gets a little older to, to hit his rump, to correct him. My, my correction is not separated from my love, but it is the source of my love. Many times we think that when we love, we are thinking that it's squishy and it's all nice and happy. But my, my brothers and sisters, God's love is also holy and it's just. Romans 5, 8 says, but God showed us his great love by sending his son to die for us, that while we were still sinners, he loved us. As we look through the Bible, the father communicates to us over and over again that he loves us. The apostle Paul takes it a little further and says, but God showed us his great love for us. Paul later on communicates to us that God isn't just saying he loves us, but he demonstrates his love for us. You may get excited because you heard that, that the love has been demonstrated to you. But can I give you a little bit more information that God's love is not like any other love? Let me say that one more time. God's love for you is not like any other love. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. So, so with this understanding, we can see that God's own love is great. And the love God demonstrates is a love of another kind. So what are you saying, Pastor Rodney? I'm glad you asked. No matter what love you have experienced, God's love is greater. 
Let me say that one more time. No matter what type of love you have experienced, God's love is greater. Preach right, Rodney, thank you. That is what God is saying to us. I hear John saying, greater love than no one than this, that one will lay down his life for a friend. This great love that he sent his only son for us while we were still sinners, meaning that we were all wretched, we were all against him, we were helpless, we were in darkness, we needed hope. But in the midst of all of that, God says, I still love you. He says, for the wages of sin is death, but it's the gift of God that is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, on Good Friday, our very own world-renowned traveler, our very own Reverend Jeffrey D. Miller, he showed us and taught us that because of the sin of Adam in the Old Testament, priests were uh, to sacrifice a lamb to cover the sins of the people. But, 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 but I'm so glad that I don't have to go to a priest's sacrifice and cover the, 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 uh, my, my sins. But there's a precious lamb that did not come to cover my sins. He came to cover my past sin, my present sin, and my future sin. He said, I did not come to cover your sins. I come to cover your sin. First Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. That we might become the righteousness of God. We deserve death because of our sin, but God loved us so much that he took our place. There's a story about two young girls, and they were eating dinner one day, and while they were eating dinner, uh, they were acting up, and their dad said, you know what, Uh, if y'all don't stop, you're going to get in trouble. And so the girls kept acting up, and he said, matter of fact, both of you go to your rooms. And they went to their rooms, and and then a few minutes later, it was about two minutes later, uh, they heard their mother call them and say, hey, come on downstairs. And and they came downstairs, and they sat at the table, and they said, where's daddy? The mother said, well, well, your daddy did not want to deny you any food. He did not want to deny you the opportunity to sit at the table to eat. So what he did was he went up to his room and paid the price so you can sit at the table. I I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that because of my sin, I I was the one that was supposed to be up in my room. I was the one that was supposed to receive the penalty. I was the one that was supposed to receive the price. But I thank God that he came and he took my place so I don't have to pay the price. Thank you. Praise the Lord. That is what God came to do. We didn't do anything to earn it. We didn't do anything to deserve it. God doesn't require us to earn his pardon. But good news, I learned that God says it's by grace that we have been saved. Now, now if we look at the horizontal uh, beam, and, and we must understand that it is supported by the vertical beam. The vertical beam, there is no beginning and there is no end. While God's love for us, we understand that there's a beginning with him. But, but let me tell you something. God's love for you is over and over again. Growing up, I, I, I learned and I knew that my dad loved me and he loved me so much. And I knew he loved me because I was not only his son, but he loved me because I was his namesake. I knew my dad loved me not just because I was his son and not because I was his namesake, but he loved me because of his sacrifice and his care for me. As his kid, that the way I could love him in return was not just by giving him hugs and kissing him on the forehead. The way he knew I loved him was by obeying what he said. So even we must understand that we receive God's love. The next thing is that we must love God in return. You may say, Pastor Rodney, how do I love God in return? The way we love God in return is obeying what he says. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. 
Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. Luke 10 said that Jesus answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Did you catch that? Let let me say, he said, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. He says, hey, the way you obey me, the way you love me is by obeying me. But you got to get the horizontal part right, too. Can I tell you something? The first thing we see that there is the vertical love being. Secondly, we see the horizontal love being in the Bible. There are four types of love. There is the affection love. The love between families. There is a friendship love between uh, uh, friends. There is uh, uh, eros love, which is a love between a man and a woman, a couple. But there's also something called agape love, which is an unconditional love of God. The, the, The love Christ has exhibited to us, he now compels us to love other people. He says, I don't want you to just have a love just for yourself and love for me. God says, I want you to have a love for each other. But before we can start talking about loving others, can I let you know something? We cannot genuinely love others horizontally if we don't learn to love him vertically. Let me say that one more time. We cannot genuinely love others horizontally if we don't learn to love him vertically. First John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. You know, I grew up in Washington, D.C., and my, my, my parents uh, uh, had me to go to Sunday school. And how many of y'all grew up in Sunday school? How many of y'all grew up in Sunday school? Okay, y'all, 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 y'all the real Christians. Y'all, y'all the OG Christians. Y'all, y'all the real ones. And, and so, 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 so I grew up, and I had to go to Sunday school. And, uh, and then we, we learned about the fruit of the Spirit. And, and, you know, they always had this big chart. How many of y'all remember that big chart? And they had all the fruit of the Spirit on it, and they had a corresponding fruit uh, with one of the characteristics and, 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 you know, growing up as a kid who had a very interesting appetite, uh, I, I was a kid who always got nervous and knew I wasn't a real Christian because some of the fruits uh, that was corresponding with some of the characteristics I didn't like. So I thought because I didn't like blueberries, I probably wouldn't have kindness. Because I, I, I don't like oranges, I probably won't be patient. But, but, but you know, my brothers and sisters, I learned something. I learned something that many of us tend to understand the list of characteristics in Galatians 5 as different fruits of the Spirit. And we, we grew up believing that they're different fruits. But if we look at the word, it is fruit of the Spirit. It is not plural fruits of the Spirit. It is Fruit of the Spirit. It is singular, meaning fruit is one fruit, not many fruits. There's a different kind, but there, in this text, there's one fruit. So this means that we can begin to have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, but it starts with one thing, and it's called love. You cannot have patience if you don't have love. You can't have kindness if you don't have love. You cannot have patience. Thank the Lord for my wife's patience, but I know she loves me. You cannot have those other things without having love. It all starts with love. As the, as the worship team comes on, come on up, we, we, we learned here that as we look at the order of the attributes as I just shared, it starts with love. But you must have love in your heart. 
You know, my wife sent me to the grocery store one day and, uh, as, as before, and so this time when I went, I got my wife uh, her clementines, and, uh, and then I also got her some apples. And you know, it was very interesting to me that she, she got these, and y'all know these, these look really good, these look really good. And so, uh, so when I gave her her clementines, I went to work, and, and I was sitting in a meeting with Pastor Ray, and all the staff knows that whenever my wife uh, or my son's daycare calls, uh, all meeting ends, I answer them. They're, they're, they're my first ministry. And so, uh, so, so this day, I looked at my, my wife's text message, and I thought it was something going on, and my wife opened uh, up the clementine, and she said, Rodney, something's wrong. I'm like, what is wrong? She said, Rodney, the outside of the Clementine looks good, but when I opened it up, it had mold on the inside. Y'all missed it. My wife opened up a Clementine that looked real good. Y'all, I I, I got excited at first because I went grocery shopping all by myself, so I tried to defend myself. I'm like, you know, those are new. (laughs) You probably had them outside in the heat or something. No, 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 no. These were brand new from the store. They looked brand new. But on the inside, it had mold. You know, matter of fact, all of you are looking at this right now. So my wife and I, we just got back from Texas. You know, this, this, this fruit that I'm holding in my hand is two weeks old. It looks good on the outside, but on the inside, it's old. Can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters? 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have no love, I am a noisy gong and a clashing cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and knowledge, and if I have all the faith to remove mountains, but I have no love, I am nothing. 1 Corinthians, we are... We see here that they were enamored with the spiritual gifts. They went to church. They spoke in tongues. They did hashadabah. They did all that. But Paul shows them that you did all that, but you have no love. My brothers and sisters, my question to you today, are you coming to church looking so good, but on the inside you have no love? Some of you, 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 you look good on the outside. You got your church clothes on. You look sharp. You got your hair did. You got your, flip, your wig on right. You got it all. You got your teeth in right. You got it all right. But on the inside, you don't have no love. God says you are known by the fruit that you bear. If someone looks at you, do they see the light of Christ on the inside of you? Some of you think, that the greatest power is for you to come in here and give God praise and sing and, and leave. No, the greatest witness that you can ever be is a person who beams love. Let, let, let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. The most, the most important thing here is, is my son. And my, my, my son uh, has, when, we look, when he got born, the first thing I wanted to look at is if he had a birthmark. A birthmark identifies his uniqueness. Each and every one of us had that. Designers are known by their trademark. Nike has a check. Everything is known by either a birthmark or trademark. But my question is to you today is what are you known by? What are you known by? You know, here's the cross. This is a love beam. This is a beam of love. This is a horizontal and a vertical beam. But let me tell you something. It is so easy for us, and I know many of you love having crosses. Many of us, it's easy for us to, love, to, 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 to wear our cross, but it's hard for us to carry our cross. 
You know why? Why do you say that, Pastor Rodney? Because the reality is, if you don't have people who don't look like you, if you don't hang out with people who don't even believe the same thing you believe in, my question is, actually, how hard are you sacrificing to love someone? God is calling us to come out of ourselves. Because when we wake up this morning, one of the things my wife knows is when I get up in the morning, sometimes I'm not a nice person sometimes. And so uh, when I get up in the morning, uh, when I get up in the morning, uh, I, I don't like a lot of light. But one day she, she opened up the blinds and the sun came in my eyes. And I thought I saw the light. <laughs> I'm like, my wife did not just do it. But as I looked at the sun, there was a beam that came from it. Can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters? Haven't y'all seen the movie Beauty and the Beast? It's because of the love of someone else that turned that beast into somebody else. God is calling you not just to have the beam of the cross, but being the love of the cross. We just can't have the crosses hang up here. We have to have something that exudes from the cross. So as we, as we get ready to, to partake in communion this morning, recognize the sacrifice that Christ gave for us, my question to you today is what type of fruit are you producing? I'm, 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 I'm not, and, and I, know, I know there is a temptation to talk about this whole mass thing and people talking about, well, if you love, I'm not, I'm not even going to deal with that. I'm not even going to deal with the application because I want God to deal with your heart about that. I can't tell you what to do. I can tell you that if you're not sacrificing, you're not loving. Love is not me-centered because if it was, if, if, if love was all about me, Christ didn't need to die on the cross. Christ said, you didn't even love me, but I loved you so much that I did it for you. Isn't that love? Our son, the reason why I love him is because he's my own. There's nothing this young man could do in his life that would separate my love from him. Because he's my own. That's the same thing about the Father with you. God says, you are my own. I paid the price so you don't have to do it. So you can have life and have it that more abundantly. That's all he wants us to do. It's just to love him in return and to love others like he loved us. People say, you need to love yourself first. Let me tell you something. If you really love God first, you really love yourself. Why? Because God sees something in you that you don't even see in your own self. Every eye closed, every eye closed. There may be someone here today. You don't have a relationship with God. God says, I love you with an everlasting love that I sent my son to die on the cross for your sin. God says, I paid the price so you didn't have to do it. I sacrificed so you didn't have to sacrifice. So if you're here today and you have never accepted Jesus Christ in your life, all you have to do is pray this simple prayer. And let's all pray this prayer together. Father, I come in need of you. I recognize 
that I have sinned. And today, I embrace the love that you've given. Thank you for your son. Thank you for his sacrifice. I believe in you, and I accept you. And today, I believe I'm saved because of your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Every eye closed, every eye closed. I want to pray as I was as I was driving here. God went pressed upon my heart to pray for individuals in this room who have been hurt. You find it very hard to love others because you've been hurt by so many. If I if I and I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I know it's hard, but God's calling you to love. There's someone in here, your father was not in your life. You don't know what a father's love feels like. God says, when your mother and your father forsake you, God said, I will take care of you. God says, I am your heavenly father, and I will give you a love like no other. God says, I want to restore that love. Someone took advantage of you, and you, you find it hard to love. God says, I want to love you. I want to fill that void in your heart. I know you're in this room. I know you're in this room. I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to actually raise your hand. I just actually just open up your heart. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come, God. I come lifting up every individual in this room that has had their heart broken that has been taken advantage of, that have never received the Father's love, that never felt a warm embrace. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I come asking God that you restore the love back in their hearts, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. God, I ask God that you will uh, break up the hardened heart, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. God, that they will feel your warm embrace. God, that you will give them a heart that forgives, but a heart that heals. God, heal us with your love. Restore to them the joy of your salvation, that they may be able to be everything that you called them to be. Allow them to stand and declare that they love you with an everlasting love because you love them. So we ask God that you receive this. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and worship together.